podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back, and it is time for another Spotify Green Room live show. Folks, we only have a handful of these more before we are going to be previewing upcoming games with the Boneheads uh, right here on Spotify Green Room, uh, going live every single Wednesday, every single Wednesday here on Spotify Green Room uh, at 7 p.m. We're going to be doing live reactions to any breaking news. Uh, we're, you know, it, it, this is always going to be the spot where we, where we land. It, it, it's a fun time. You never know who might pop in. It's, uh, you know, like I said, it, it is a very fun time over here on Spotify Green Room. Everyone, we have all sorts of folks filing in, and I love it. Um, just, hey, we'll, we'll just invite everyone up. We might have to rotate ton. Um, again, I think Wednesday when, night is the time for it. I, I, I think we get a lot of participation. Uh, I know some people really like that Thursday, but I, I'm liking this Wednesday. I like, I like where things are. Hopefully, we don't have to have any issues when it comes to me running uh, control. But, hey, if we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. Let's get into it. Uh, as an intro question, as we allow some more folks to get in here, I'm just going to throw out something we've been hearing from fall camp, and then I want you to give me whether you think it is fact or fiction. I'm going to start off with Grant, my fearless co-host. You never know how long he's going to be able to be on here. So the first fact or fiction from stuff we have been hearing from fall camp, fact or fiction this comes directly from Coach Colin Klein uh, in his press conference today. Fact or fiction, Skylar Thompson is a better pure quarterback than he ever was. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a great one to start with. Um, oh, that's tough. I mean, I'm going to say fiction. It's possible that Skylar has some better qualities. Um, but – Come on, it's Colin Klein. He he had he not been run into the ground, you know he was he was number one favorite for the Heisman. Had had Baylor not happened, that guy would have won the Heisman as our starting quarterback. And you know he had his flaws. He had kind of a, a silly way of throwing the ball, but he was a more accurate passer than people gave him credit for, and just a psychotic runner. And he was very smart. Um, you know he knew exactly what kind of checks to make. And I felt super comfortable with him under center. So I, I'm going to have to say fiction as much. Perfect. We're going to go on to my guy, Ace, who you would have heard if you are uh, keeping up with Blitz Month. Him and his co-host, Connor, both were on this past week. Ace, your fact or fiction, this is coming from Jason Ray's press conference. Fact or fiction, Malik Knowles doesn't have a ceiling. He said that he doesn't have a ceiling. He can just keep going higher and higher and higher. 
fact or fiction, Malik Knowles doesn't have a ceiling. Part of me really wants to be an asshole and just say, oh, well, of course he has a ceiling. But I, I would say that we haven't seen – I can get behind the sentiment of what he's saying. So I can say that it is a fact that we have not seen the best of Malik Knowles. And I feel like he can be a, a top-tier receiver for K-State. But I, I'm not sure I agree with the, the whole infinite ceiling. Okay, that, that's fair. That's fair. Um, we're going to go to my guy, Joey. Joey, this fact or fiction is coming from Connor Riley. So Connor Riley was giving a lot of praise for Andrew Linegang. Your fact or fiction, because he said he was already starting to get time with the uh, upperclassmen. Fact or fiction, we're going to see Linegang play meaningful snaps this year, his true freshman year. I think it might be fact in that we might see it happen in one of the non-conference games, specifically maybe Stanford, because that seems to be one of the least challenging of the three. Um, but I'm, I'm going to say fiction if it's outside of just one of the non-conference games or, or maybe maybe against KU, one of, one of the lower tier Big 12 teams. Yep. Uh, I, you know, I, it's exciting to hear that. I probably agree with you. We're going to go to Devin. Devin, this fact or fiction, this is going to come from Coach Kleiman's press conference yesterday. He had a ton of praise for Stubby, Stubby the legend, Reggie Stubblefield, giving him all sorts of praise. My question is, fact or fiction to you, Devin, Reggie Stubblefield is going to be one of the five best defensive backs we have this season. Uh, yeah, I, I can see it just because, you know, a lot of our defensive backs are kind of unproven or, or young. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think they wouldn't say it you know, if they didn't mean it. All right. I love it. All right. Now we're going to go to the good chef, the good chef. Let me think of a good one for you. All right, here we go. Uh, Chris Kleiman and, Colin Klein both kind of pumped the brakes and put a little bit more hesitation on a two-quarterback system. Uh, you know, Courtney Messingham was all about it for his spring availability. Kleiman and uh, Klein put a little bit of a stop on that. Fact or fiction, Will Howard ends up burning his red shirt and playing in five games or more this season. Oh, that's a fact for sure. I mean, it might not be to the degree that Messingham would want it. I mean, maybe not even what he would want, but where he thinks Will Howard stands. But there's definitely going to be a package for Will Howard. And in my opinion, the continuity of a team and the offense would go better if we had a healthy Skyler the entire way, even though my tweet last year was kind of gross. But we're not going to talk about that one no more. But um yeah, we're 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 gonna look we're gonna see Will Howard on the field a lot, but hopefully keeping the offense going. All right, I like it. We're gonna go to my man Jimmy. Jimmy, it's been a while since we've had you on the live shows. Welcome back. I know you've been having a lot of fun this summer before you get back to school. Your factor fiction from fall camp from what we've been hearing so far. Uh Nate Matlack getting a lot of love from from Coach Kleiman and uh, from some of the whispers around camp. So your fact or fiction is Nate Matlack ends up with more than three sacks this season. I'm going to take the fiction 
and the under on that. I think he's he's going to play and contribute, but there's always that first guy, first week star, and oftentimes that stars that guy is used to push other guys that are should be better than him. And I think that might be the case with Nate Matt Block. Not that he's not going to contribute, but I don't think he's going to be a stud. Well, okay. I kind of wish you'd go back to Colorado with that answer, but you know what? We love hey, you. Hey, come on, man. Welcome back. Hey, I'm just giving you trouble. Welcome back. We've, we've missed you on the live shows. We're going to go to my guy, Cole, now, who is always one of the most fun guys on these. So uh, let's see. What's a good one for Cole? All right. So a lot of praise for Jarkadia, right? That was coming from Kleiman and Messingham. A lot more love for Joe Irvin coming this week from Brian Anderson and Coach Kleiman. So your factor fiction is going to be at the end of the year, Joe Irvin has more touches than Jarkadia Wright. Factor fiction. I want to say fact. I mean, he's coming in this year completely healthy. And from what I've read and heard, they're just extremely impressed with how fast he is. Um, So I think that's going to be able to keep him on the field a little bit. I've gone back and forth, you know, before spring practice started, there was all the love for Wright and what he was doing in the summer. Now it's sounding like Irvin has just taken off running in spring ball. So uh, I, I'm excited. I, I'm really excited to see what those three can do. All right. And now we are going to go to Nick. Nick, last kind of fall camp factor fiction that we'll jump into. We'll, we'll, we'll hop back to the defensive side of the ball. There's been a lot of praise for Nick Allen when it comes to the linebackers. Fact or fiction, Mr. Allen will end up surpassing either Daniel Green or Cody Fletcher by the end of the season for inside linebacker. Uh, For sure, Cody Fletcher, but it'll be a toss-up between Daniel. All right, here's a follow-up to you. Do you like hearing that love, or – Where's your head at with the linebackers? Because uh, it doesn't matter what uh, media outlet, anytime there's some deep dives into K-State, it's the big question, what's happening at linebacker? Do you like hearing that, or do you think, wow, if if he might be considered a starter right alongside those guys, we're in even more trouble than you originally thought? No, I like it. I think it's – we just need someone to step up. Nope, I hear you there. All right, the next thing we want to touch on after we got some of those fact and f- factor fiction, and any if uh, some more folks pop in throughout the throughout the night, we'll give them a factor fiction for stuff we've been hearing from fall camp. I want to kind of migrate over to recruiting real quick because uh, Taylor Brack, Coach Klein, and Coach uh, Riley got a big recruiting win, and I think you could probably toss Coach Klein in there as well because it's coming from uh, Colorado. Uh, we got Mr. Pastor, a Colorado offensive lineman. We beat out Nebraska for it. And then if you talk to anyone who was able to go to these camps, this was one of the most impressive offensive linemen that they saw during the camp circuit. I'm going to start with Jimmy because, honestly, I like him more than any of you. Um, Jimmy, they get off this kind of cold streak. There was, you know, the kind of uh, fallout with Mr. Nimrod. Uh, he's going to Tennessee. You get back on the board post-conference realignment, hell breaking loose. 
uh, and you're beating Nebraska, getting one over Scott Frost, which hasn't happened as often as we'd like to see. How big of a win is this, not even just for the player, but just to kind of get things back on track for this cycle? I think you laid it out well. I thought it was significant just because of mainly those two factors. The first the first commit after a realignment talk, I thought, was, you know, you, you would assume it may not be a guy you're beating out other Power 5 schools or uh, bigger schools for. The fact that we beat out uh, Nebraska – to, to land this kid, I think post realignment is is a really significant get and uh, a really good sign for the staff and hopefully encouraging for the rest of the recruiting session as they head into the fall and uh, hopefully is a sign that they're going to land some more of these kids despite uh, this realignment stuff that's been going around. Definitely, we'll hop up to Ace. Ace, you get another great offensive lineman, and I think that most people, if they look at the climbing era so far, they've recruited the offensive line better than any other spot. Um, Do you think ultimately this will be enough, uh, if they continue this with the offensive line, to be able to run the type of offense they want to model after some of those great running teams that they had up at North Dakota State? I think that there's a significant amount of the running game, specifically North Dakota State, that's on the quarterback. But that being said, I think that building a great offensive line is going to be key to any type of running game that we have. Because I don't see us getting an athlete that's comparable to Carson Wentz or Trey Lance in the FCS division anytime soon when it comes to FBS. So I think – to run the type of offense that Messingham clearly wants to run, getting all of these offensive line recruits is absolutely massive, especially someone like Pat Store. Definitely. He's another guy who has the ability to play inside or out, um, which we've seen provide all sorts of success with Mr. BB as well. Grant, uh, we get a recruiting when it's over Nebraska. We got the cat signal going. Um, what was your mood like when you saw that come through? And do you think this is, uh, you know, a sign of, hey, things are going to be all right? Or do you think this might have just been, hey, we recruited this kid really well, got the commit, and now uh, it's back to kind of what we've been dealing with the last three weeks? Um, I mean, it's definitely good to get a win, especially over a team like Nebraska and um, on the offensive line because – you know, Nebraska is a type of school that's going to be able to kind of pluck offensive linemen away, off, offensive linemen away from us more often than not. They've already done it before with in-state really liked, um, but it's exciting. I it, it definitely made me feel a little bit better about the realignment talk and just, you know, Pastor as a prospect, just generally, I mean, he's already pretty close to the body type that they like, so he's not going to be an enormous project. They love his technique, and I, I trust this coaching staff generally when it comes to talent um, evaluation. But I especially trust Connor Riley. So overall, pretty happy about it. Okay, so I have some really bad news, but I think I know what caused it. So I pr- hopefully won't have to do this again. We're gonna have to end the show because I don't want to put Grant in a situation where he has to piss off his wife. Um, So what I'm going to do, I'm going to have to end the show. I'm going to tweet out a link, a second link uh, to relaunch the show. I can't get in the chat. Every time I go into the chat, 
try to come back, uh, things are screwed. So I apologize to everyone on, I apologize to the folks, folks listening to this or they're going to have to hear some sort of transition. Um, but it happened again. I'm going to tweet out another link so I don't have to put Grant in a situation where his wife's mad at him. So everyone get back to Twitter. I'm going to tweet out a link here momentarily. I'm sorry, hey, but at least I know just... how to. Okay, the boys are back. We're going to try this again. Um, things weren't going great. Um, yeah, things weren't going great, but at least I know. At least I know what the issue is, so I don't have to screw it up again. Uh, we love Spotify Greenroom. They are the host of our live shows. They are a great sponsor. Um, I love them, even though things have happened. Also, I'm pretty sure Grant hates me for the way I just treated him. Um, so he's probably not happy with me. That's all right. We're back. We're getting back into this. Um, yeah. Wow. All right. I'm a little flustered, but we're back. All right. So we got Nate. Nate, you didn't get to do a uh, fact or fiction, uh, or maybe not. Nate is not. Nope. There's Nate. Okay. So Nate, you didn't get to do a factor fiction. So my factor fiction to you, the, the single biggest camp darling so far from what I'm hearing is uh, Tyrone Howell, wide receiver um, that we added late. He's from Hutch uh, over under uh, three and a half touchdowns for the early camp darling to Nate. Oh, over under three. Uh, I'm going to take the over on that. I think, uh, yeah, I think probably – I put I put him down for five for the season. Whew, man, if he's if he's at five, that's going to be great. So I I'm hoping you're right. I like where your head's at. Um, okay, so we're back in it. Um, I don't know if Grant's going to come back. I think I made him mad, and now I feel a little bad about it. But we're going to keep going on. Um, let's see. Get everyone requested who wants to come up can come up. All right. So. We were talking about recruiting. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about Hal because I think he has become the biggest camp darling, and it is one of those positions of weakness of, hey, if we can get a guy to step up, he might be uh, the difference for this offense. He's catching everything. So I just kind of want to get uh, a straw poll of everyone. The question is going to be, who is going to end up having the bigger impact? Because these are two kind of darling guys. It's going to be Hal from uh, Hutch, a national champion, or from Lawrence, Keenan Garber. Because, again, he's had a lot of hype. They've both been showing up in all these highlight videos that they're sending out every week. So I want to just kind of get a temperature check. Uh, gun to your head as we sit here on the 11th. Howell or Garber, who ends up being a bigger contributor this year uh, on offense? So we'll start with Ace. Ace, Garber or Howell, who's going to have the biggest impact this year? Garber, because he's playing immediately in speed. Okay, we're going to go to Jimmy. Who are you going with? Hands or speed? Garber, experience. Ooh, all right. Cole, are we going to, is this going to turn into the Garber show? Uh, no, I'm going to go with Howell. Uh... But I'll say not. not by much. All right, we'll go to Nick. Nick, Hal or Garber? Uh, same as Cole, Hal, but it's not. It's... Okay, Nate, you already were putting out up some uh, big numbers 
for Hal, you know, is he going to uh, outperform Garber? I'm guessing if you're, if you're pred- predicting such a big year for Tyron Hal. Yeah, I'm giving him the edge. All right, I like it. All right, uh, Andre, are you going to get back on the Garber train or are you going to keep riding with Hal? I'm going to ride with Hal just because he's a big body receiver, red zone kind of threat. I mean, that's what we all discussed when we first signed him, that he was going to be a Sebastian Taylor big body receiver. So if he can get reps while Sebastian – I mean, even though Sebastian's practicing, I'm going to go with Hal as that red zone threat with the Matter Bay Bay. I I think four is probably the number, though. All right, Devin, Howell or Garber? It started off hot for Garber, but now we got a lot of folks believing in Howell. Uh, I'm going to go Howell, but with the caveat in the later part of the season, just because I know well, he came in the summer, right? Yeah. Uh, so he, he's still got a lot to learn. So I think maybe last half of the season. Okay, Joey, Garber or Howell? I'm going with Howell. I think it, it speaks a little bit to – how he was recruited, knowing that UL, uh, UL Monroe or Louisiana, whatever you want to call them, Raging Cajuns, they also recruited him, and he had an offer on the table from them and, and went with us and their top 25 team. So I trust their recruiting as well. So I'm going to go with Al. Okay, so it started off really hot for Garber and then uh, sweep for Hal. So I'm going to – no, it, oh, F me. Oh, my gosh, I just went into the chat and almost lost everything again. Uh, just because I saw Ace getting in there, I don't think it, I don't think Cade Warner is going to be much of a contributor at all, Ace. But I'm going to go up to Ace or Jimmy, whoever uh, wants to take this can. Go to bat for Garber if you're uh, trying to predict a uh, him to have a bigger impact on this season. Why is it going to be Garber instead of Hal? Does it ultimately just come down to hey? He's actually been in the program now for uh, two years. This is going to be his third uh, fall fall practice. Is it as simple as that? I mean, that's that's a big part of it, but I do think he's got legit speed, legit skill. He showed a few flashes last year <clears throat> on some uh, on some kind of read sweep actions. So I I think it's more it's it's not just experience like some walk on kid. It's a, it's a experience with a with a uh, a mixture of talent that I think is gonna he's I think he's gonna be a really good receiver by the time. He- okay, so let, let's focus on just this year. Where do you think he will end up landing amongst the pecking order of wide receivers? Um, I think we all are hoping <laughs> Knowles is going to be number one. I think uh, we're all hoping that Sebastian Taylor can get back on the field. I don't personally have a lot of hope in Phillip Brooks kind of having a breakout year as a wide receiver versus a special teams guy. So do you see Garber being the number two, the number three receiver? Where do you see him in that pecking order? I'd I'd put him at three or four right now. I mean, if if he's higher than that, that's probably not good unless he truly breaks out. But I'd say three or four is where he. Okay, then we'll hop over to Ace. Ace, where do you think ultimately Garber's going to end up in the picking order since uh, you were one of the only other folks to go with him over Hal? I think for looking at outside receivers only, he'll end up being number two. Uh, maybe 2A, 2B, with him being 2B with Shabaston. But in terms of just in total wide receiver rankings, I'd say he probably ends up 3B with Philip Brooks getting a lot of snaps in the slot and being used as that gadget role. But something that I think will 
manufacture a lot of touches for Keenan Garber is is that speed. I kind of liken him to McCole Hardman in for the Chiefs, where they will come up with plays where they kind of scheme him open because he is fast. Now, granted, we don't have a Tyree Hill on the team, so maybe that makes it a tiny bit harder. But still, scheming up that speed open will kind of push him higher and higher on the wide receiver depth chart. I think it. I think it hurts him that there. I mean, that we have so many options of his size at receiver. So you got, I mean, Seth Porter gets talked about. He's the same size as Phillip Brooks. I mean, he's got to be that slot guy. And with Vaughn and Irving getting run out of the slot as well, I think it kind of puts him down farther in the depth chart. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see how that first depth chart really looks. um, Because, and I would have to go back and look at how they've done it in the past. I don't think they specifically call out uh, outside and inside guys on uh, on the depth chart. I'm going to go to Jimmy because I know you track this. In his snaps last year, was Garber on the outside or was he being used in the slot when he w- was out there last year? I, I think my memory would say he's in the slot more because he was one of the motion Guys, they would use in motion for the sweep action, him and um, Brooks. And then, you know, once in a while, Knowles was in that slot, that, that spot too. But uh, but that's I'd say that's where he was. Definitely. All right. So now I want to uh, – and it was being talked about back in the first room. Boom Massey has been brought up a handful of times. Coach Kleiman specifically was talking about wanting to keep him fresh throughout the year. So here's my question to all of you guys. If Boom is able to stay fresh, if Boom is able to stay healthy, does he end up leading the team in sacks or does someone else pop up? We're going to start with Joey. Joey, what do you got? I think he was already on track. Maybe if someone someone would have to look up the stats and see where he stacked up on on the defense, but I think he was already on track to be one of the leaders last year. Um, and in a shorter season, I, I could only imagine that's going to get higher and higher um, here in this season. I'm I'm excited for Boom. I think he's going to have a great year. Okay, then we'll go to Devin. Devin, I think the uh, large consensus amongst the media folks is. K-State defensive line, it's actually going to be deeper. It's going to have more dudes who can truly play, but they don't have that high-end guy in Wyatt Hubert. Do you think ultimately not having that number one guy, you know, that NFL draft pick on the defensive line is going to make it so they cannot uh, match the production from last year? Do you think ultimately having that depth, being able to rotate even more than they did last year, will lead to them being able to get more sacks, be more disruptive right there on that first line of defense. Yeah, I, I think they'll be more destructive. Um, I forgot what podcast I was listening to earlier. Honestly, it might have been y'all's. But it was just talking about the depth, you know, just end game situations. You know, sacks at the end of the game are going to be crucial for us because we'll have the depth. So, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think that actually might have been a take from the K-State online guys. Um, but 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 you know what? I listen to so much. I, I remember hearing that. I, I think that might have been the case online, guys. We'll go to Chef. We're going to keep it with the defense. Julius Brent uh, not practicing during the team periods, during that open period. Soft tissue uh, injury is what Coach Kleiman said. At uh, what point might you start to panic a little bit if you 
we're hearing Brent still isn't up to a hundred percent. If, if it's all the way up to game week, is that, is that what it's going to take for you to panic? Or are you someone that says, Hey, it doesn't matter if he's a hundred percent or 50%. If he's on the field, you're not panicking. No, I'm definitely paying attention to it. I mean, if he's pushing it, like he's not getting the reps. Cause I mean, we got to think he's new too. I mean, as talented as, as he, as he is, we still got to think that he's got to learn it and he can't just take mental reps to be game ready. So, I mean, if he's not back, but they, they are saying he's a, it's just soft tissue, not to worry. But if he's pushing it a week, two weeks from the season, I mean, we're close to that right now. But, I mean, you got to start getting worried that we're not going to have our best players out on the field, even though they said that the other uh, – Coach Kleiman said that Gardner and, and Echo and the guys behind him, T. Denson, they're getting the reps now because he's not in. But building depths without your top guys doesn't really mean you have depth anymore. So, I mean – I just want him. I want him back. Get him 100, percent and then we'll be flying. All right, uh, we'll go to Cole next. Cole, you've been in these live shows basically since we started them. We've always been saying, "Hey, once you figure out the nickel, the secondary is going to be a strength on the first line." We we're a little worried about the depth. The depth has seemed to have come through with Amaris Brown being at nickel. You have Reggie the legend stubby subtle field going back and forth between nickel and outside corner. You have sincere Mason and TJ Smith backing up the safeties Gardner and T Denson backing up at cornerback. What is your confidence in this secondary coming into the season? Now that we're starting to get a complete picture of what it looks like. Yeah. And especially, you know, considering last year and the, and how it looked with the depth there, I'm feeling very confident with the secondary. Um, the only thing that makes me a little bit weary is the fact that I'm not confident in the linebackers. So I'm worried that that's going to leak into the secondary and maybe affect them a little bit. But in, in a vacuum seal, feeling very confident about uh, the D-back. All right, we're going to get two more defensive questions, one to Jimmy, one to Ace. To everyone listening in, we're about to run through and get our over-under predictions on the entire Big 12. We have room up on stage, so if you want to participate and give your predictions on the over-under win totals, send a request up, and we'll get you up here for that. Um, otherwise, I'm going to be nominating a bunch of you. You can, you can decline if you want, but if you want your voice heard, uh, send a request up. Uh, Jimmy, as you're getting ready for this season, there's been all the rumors about changing the defensive alignment. I think maybe you have, maybe you haven't seen the Athlon anonymous coaches thing where they really kind of, I don't want to say trash, but they kind of go in on the defensive schemes uh, that we've been running early on in the climate era. Do you think making that move is something that could ultimately help out our defense? Or do you think something like that is just kind of overplayed at the end of the day? It's all about gaps and having your responsibility in the defense. Yeah, I, th- I think two, a couple things. First, I think it's about being gap sound if that's your strategy on defense, which ours is, and having players that are good enough to make plays at all three levels. And <clears throat> to me, that's the key is all those, those two things fitting together. I do not think – I don't think from what I have heard um, that we will be changing a lot from our alignment in the past, so – I think that was a fun rumor in the spring. 
uh, and before the spring. But um, from everything I've heard and everything I've seen, uh, we'll still be an even front, four-man front most of the time, and uh, two linebackers with some flexibility in, in what we do. Um, but to me, it's it's you got to have a good scheme. You got to be sound. But you, if you don't have players, it doesn't matter. And, and I think last year was more a combination of not having players than it was not having good. Hey, Jimmy, I mean, when they talk about the scheme and the, the four-man front, is it more – I mean, this was all talked about in the spring, but is it more we'll have the four-man front, but we're more willing to drop like a Khalid Duke into the into into coverage or a uh, Nate Matlack or somebody along those lines dropping back and considering that the three-man front and we're dropping that many into coverage? Yeah. Yeah, I th- that's that's kind of more. I've been looking at Oklahoma doing previews, and Oklahoma uses kind of a three down lineman front, three linebackers, but one linebacker becomes an edge edge rusher. So there are four two alignment most of the time. I think that's probably more what we're looking at than the rumors of being more like Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, Iowa State, West Virginia with a tight three man front is not something I I think we're going to do, and I've. I've got that in pretty good. Jimmy dropping some inside knowledge bombs on us. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Final one before we get into everyone uh, giving their over under wind predictions for rest of the Big Twelve is going to go to Ace. Ace, another guy who's been getting a lot of love. It was during the summer, during the spring, now during the fall. Is Timmy Horn? If Timmy Horn lives up to this hype, which is always a uh, nervous, you know, prediction this early on. Um, What is that going to do ultimately for this defense? And then as a turn for the entire team, if he truly is this disruptive black hole on the inside of the defensive line. Well, I, if you talk to at least just about every quarterback that I've talked to, it's, they hate interior rush much more than they hate edge rush because with edge rush, you can at least step up, even if you're going to, you know, step into something, but with interior rush, you, you're stepping up, you're meeting someone. And that's what Drew Wiley did last year. He was that disruptive force in the middle of the line. And if Timmy Horn can match that interior rush is an underrated part of rushing the passer. So I feel like honestly, the defensive line doesn't begin and end with our edge rushers. I think it begins and ends with Timmy Horn. And if he matches what the hype is for him and even matches what Drew Riley, Drew Wiley, excuse me, did last year. I think our defense is in a great spot. Definitely. I love it. All right. Now we're going to kind of continue this build up to football season over the next couple live shows. We're going to get more and more predictions. We're going to go more and more into some of those blitz week preview predictions with all the boneheads. But today I wanted to run through in the final, you know, 20 minutes or so, the over-under win totals for all the other Big 12 teams. Again, if there's anyone listening in uh, on the outside of the stage, shoot a request up if you want to get in here. I think I invited everyone up. I see Michael's back up here. I see Nate's up here. So we'll go through them all. We're going to start with Baylor. Um, you know, I and I hate talking about them. I think the NCAA not uh, doing anything is just another stain on the NCAA. But tonight's not the night to talk about that. Their over-under is at five and a half for Dave Aranda's uh, second year. 
Uh, we're going to start with Joey. Joey Baylor over under five and a half wins this season. What do you got? I think Dave Aranda is a good coach, and I think he's had he he kind of got a weird draw last year and not not really being able to have any of his recruits or any of that, and and kind of like Kleiman's first year inherited whatever was left over by Matt Rule. So I think he's a good coach. I think that he can get them to maybe just over five and a half wins, right right around six. But I don't see them being being more than just shy of bowl eligible. All right, we're gonna go to Mitch. Mitch Baylor. Five and a half wins. Dave Aranda's uh, second year over under. Um, shoot, I'll go under. I don't really okay. see him doing much. I, I like. It. I think. I think Baylor being under is great for K State. We're gonna go to the good chef. Chef five and a half. I think he only had two wins last year, and uh, I, I think he swept the Kansas teams, and I hated that. One of my least favorite losses since we started doing this podcast was that Baylor game. Does Dave Aranda go over five and a half this year? No, he's under. I mean, his ah, – man, it's tough because his out-of-conference schedule is doo-doo soft. And, I mean, I'm going to actually I'm gonna actually go over. I think he'll sweep his, his non-con, and then he'll scrap out three versus, like, Texas Tech, Kansas. Because I think he's better – I think they're better than – both those teams, so that's two, and then maybe an upset with an athletic quarterback. I'm going to go over. Okay, we're going to go to Michael. Mike, one of my favorite dudes who doesn't always, but on occasion joins our live shows. I'm going to be seeing him down in Arlington. Michael, going to our old friends at Bet Online five and a half. Are you betting over or under on Baylor? I mean, under, but just barely. Uh, I give them. I give them five. I mean, we got to remember that these devastating sanctions and uh, don't kick in. <laughs> I think mostly till next year. But I mean, Baylor's not going to be able to invite players to come to their university as much in this online era that we live in. They're not going to be able to overtly converse with them uh, as quite as easily. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they they'll do fine this year, but next year, I mean, they, Kansas could give them a run for their. I love it. Nate, what are you going with our old friends, the Baylor Bears, over under five and a half? I'll put them at, uh, I'll put them at five, take the under, um, take out KU, Texas Tech, and just see if they can get three in the non-con, maybe. All right, I like it. Cole, Cole, over under five and a half for the Baylor Bears. If I was putting money in it, I'd probably say over. Um, I just have a hard time thinking they won't be able to uh... – Strap out one more win beyond Tech and KU. So for that reason, I'd say. I like your in for that reason. It kind of reminds me of Shark Tank. I love it. Jimmy, the Baylor Bears, I don't know if you've gotten to them in your preview series yet. Do you think they're going to hit the over on five and a half? No, I don't. I think I've got them at an under. I haven't previewed them completely yet, but I, I still think there's question marks there. And I think I do agree that Durant is a good coach, but I'm not sure – they're at the point yet, and, and I don't think they're going to beat BYU in the non-conference either, so that makes it even tougher. All right, Ace, Ace, you're the last one, but we're going to be coming back to you with the next one. Baylor, over, under, five and a half. Under, and I feel like I'm going against the grain here because I feel like Aranda is a, not a very good coach, but I feel like they eke out wins against KU, Texas State, Texas Southern, and Texas Tech. And I feel like that is literally the only game that they win. 
All right, I like it. We're coming back to you with our good friends, the Iowa State Cyclones. I know uh, John Kurtz is saying that the Farmageddon freeze is still on. I am not saying that. Them with their stupid-ass small press box. They're losers, and I hate them. Farmageddon freeze is off. We are full-on hating them again. Ace, nine and a half. Do they hit ten wins for the first time in program history? No. I, I don't see them reaching ten wins. I don't see them beating Iowa. I think that last year was a fluke. I don't think they come to Bill Snyder Family Stadium and then beat K-State. And I see, I see them getting bit smacked by Oklahoma once again. So this, those three games alone just automatically knock them out of contention for the over. Jimmy, nine and a half for our Cyclones. I know our friend Habsy would love to see ten wins. I don't see it happening. Do you see it happening? I do not. Uh, I, I agree with the the take that they probably will not beat Iowa because Iowa seems to own them. And then uh, I don't see seven or eight wins in the Big 12. So, no. All right, Cole, are you going to keep it going over under nine and a half for our friends, the Cyclones? Big time under. Um, They're playing out of Cessna Stadium North. So (laughs) nobody that's playing on stadium like that gets 10 wins. I would maybe give them eight. If the line was seven and a half, I might take the over. I love it. Nate, are you going to keep the good times rolling with an under nine and a half for the Cyclones? Absolutely. Third place in the state of Iowa. I love it. I love it. Mike, what are you going with? I think Haley's Comet has passed by as many times as they've got nine wins, so I'm willing to give them that. But they're, they're... I love it. Chef, Chef, are you going to shake things up? You're kind of a troll. What are you going with? No, no, big. You can't troll with those trolls. They're, they're doofuses. We're going under, heavy under. They might heavy get, under. Yeah, they might get seven wins this year. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'd be uncontrollable if they only got seven wins this well, year. Well, get ready. Get the T-shirts out. Oh, I, I love it. You, Nick, you, might, you, you might get kicked off Twitter. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of Iowa State fans have blocked me over the years. It's some of these newer accounts that are popping up that haven't blocked me. So I don't know if there's enough Iowa State Twitter that hasn't blocked me to get me kicked off Twitter if that happens. But I'm going to try my best if that happens. Uh, We'll go down to Mitch. Mitch, are you going to be one of the people who say over? Uh, No, they're going under. They got four losses at least. Oh man, you this this is one of my favorite live rooms. You guys know how to keep me happy. We're going with Joey, and then we'll we'll hit the reverse again. Joey over under nine and a half. Big under. It's scientifically proven they can't win ten games. Um, and just going through game by game, I mean, they are going to lose to Iowa. I think they lose to the Cats. I think they lose to Okie State, and I think they might lose to Oklahoma. I'm jury's kind of out on Oklahoma, but I think they win eight or nine games. But I love it. All right, Joey, you're next. And this is this is a fun one. KU at just one. If they if they hit their one win, it's a push. If they go winless, it's under. If they get two, it's a hit. Over under one. I've got a push, baby. I've got a push. All right. Well, all right. No, I, I'm actually not gonna let anyone push. You have to say over or under. All right. I guess I'm gonna go. I guess I'm gonna go over then. But, no, I'm going to go under. I'm going under. Um, I don't think they can beat Coastal. I think the one game they can win is South Dakota. So I would have a push, but if I can't push them. 
All right, all right. The next next up will go Mitch. Mitch, no pushing over under one for KU. Uh, over South Dakota and Tech. Honestly, I've been I've been championing them beating Tech, so I, I'm I'm right there with you, Chef. Over under one. Under, heavy under. Heavy under. Okay. All right, Michael. Our friends, the Jayhawks, over under one. I can't give them over one solely for the reason that they don't have the Longhorns at home this year. <laughs> that would be funny if they got him one last time on the way out. Nate, over under one for KU. Uh, I'll take the over. I mean, I, I'll give them South Dakota and then a fluky, fluky conference game. All right. All right. Uh, next up, Cole. Cole, what do you got? I'll take the over, um, and I'm predicting the state of Kansas going 3-1 and one versus OU in Texas this year. Um, KU's going to pull past one at Texas and get there. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Jimmy. I'd take the over. I would, I would not be surprised to win three games this year. I, I, you know what? Here's a hot take. Uh, I think they win two of their non cons so I'm up to three as well. Ace, what do you got for them? Since you want to bully KU really bad and said we can't push, I guess I'll take the under because I don't think you're beating anybody with a 22.92% third down conversion rate. Also losing two of your best offensive weapons in Puka Williams and Andrew Parchment. I, I, I don't see them beating anyone. I'm pretty sure you could line up a high school team and they'd be competitive but still lose. All right, so the next one and we're going ace again. It's K-State five and a half. Actually, no, we're, we're not going to do that because the next show I think we're going to do a full-fledged K-State win prediction. So we're just going to go straight to Oklahoma. They're at 11. No pushes. Over under 11. Oh. Actually, actually, actually uh, we're scratching this completely because I believe that we just got a special, special guest joining Spotify Green Room, sponsor of Bosco's Voice, going live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. It's the man. It's the myth. It's the legend. It is the bringer of cats himself. Taylor Bratt has joined the show. Taylor, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Go cats, baby. Just uh, got out of a team meeting at 730 going to drop in and listen to all the uh, cat knowledge you guys are dropping down on everybody. Well, we, we were doing some overs and unders for the Big 12, but I'm going to hit a pause on that so we can talk to you. Taylor, I just want you to talk to everyone inside the room, and this is going to go live on our uh, podcast feed. Just what have you been seeing from these young cats early on in fall camp? I think you guys are, what, three, four practices in? Yeah, I think today we just finished up uh, practice four. I mean, it's been exciting, man. There's a lot of good things out there, a lot of young cats out there playing, running around. Um, I think size and speed are something that we've uh, definitely hit on. I think we did an unbelievable job with the transfers, uh, getting those guys. The staff did a great job recruiting them. And, you know, the coolest part probably seeing some of these young guys we haven't really seen play before now are out there playing, you know. We get to watch some of them kind of play in the Shrine Bowl and do some of those things. And uh, it's just been great getting out on the field again and, you know, actually having a team meeting, you know, and doing those things and having speakers come in and talking to the guys, all that kind of stuff. It's been exciting. Definitely. So what I'm going to do 
And uh, if anyone asks a question that, you, you know, could get Taylor in trouble, I might kick you out. So behave yourself. I'm going to just open it up. I'm going to I'm going to let Jimmy, Jimmy, a.k.a. Casey underscore fan, two of my favorite folks in the room in the world live right now. Jimmy and Taylor. Jimmy, ask Taylor anything you'd like to. I got to ask how my guy DJ's look. <laughs> he's looking great. Coach Zimmerman called the other day. Uh, he's been awesome. He's been a sponge. He's been taking everything in. Uh, you know, he's a big process guy. I mean, he believes in the process. You know, he's a, he's also great because, you know, he's not worried about anybody else, just himself getting better every day. And uh, he's been I, – I often have compared him to Mike McCoy, to be honest with you, maybe an inch and a half or shorter. But, I mean, same big legs, big trunk, uh, fast, tough. I mean, he's all those things. Humble. Uh, I mean, he's great. Cool, man. He's a- – Oh, he's phenomenal. No, he is. Shoot. All right, Ace, what do you have for the bringer of cats? Something that I've just been personally curious about in the past two years, especially with COVID and then realignment, how challenging has recruiting been just in in the times that we are living in, I suppose? Uh, you know, the, the, the hard part is we haven't gotten a normal year, really. I mean, we had – COVID, now we got the realignment. It's almost every time we're battling something, but it is what it is. I mean, we'll always battle being in Kansas. I mean, that's a burden being from here. You know, I try to use that to the guys in the state to take some pride in it. You know, we talk about some guys being on, uh, well, yeah, I guess I can't go into too much detail, but, um, the, the realignment has not been fun. It is what it is. We're going to play Power 5 football, like Coach Simon says, and we're going to take advantage of every opportunity we get with these guys. Uh, you know, the hard part is getting flights to and from without delays. In Kansas City, we were flying people to Kansas City, still getting delays. And kids that are realizing, man, that's a 16-hour drive, and I can't even fly in here normally. You know, that kind of hurt a little bit. But, you know, I'm just ready to show off what we have best in this game day. You know, I mean, it was fun having these summer visits, but a summer in Manhattan, it's really the students not here, all those things. It's not really showing what it can be. Definitely. We're going to go to my guy, Chef. Chef, be on your best behavior. You're a little bit of a troll sometimes. You got anything you want to talk to the bringer of cats about? Well, I'm, I'm class act today. Uh, hey, Taylor, uh, I was wondering what what was last season's with, with dealing with COVID and now now this season, I mean, still some restrictions, but how is how do you bring in the recruits now, and how how are you feeling about bringing them onto campus now? I mean, much better. I'm just ready to bring them here when we have students here, to be honest. I mean, that's what I really can't wait for is to get guys here, let them see what a game day is like, let them see the student interaction, um, let them see Aggieville, let them see this place filled, you know. And it's definitely the summer was tough and COVID – I mean, trying to sell Manhattan over a Zoom call is not an easy task. I mean, uh, you know, it was a task we tried to take on the best we could. And, you know, I think we said this is a signing day deal out of the 15 guys that were not mid-year guys or whatever, I think, maybe even out of the 20, only five have visited, only or maybe seven have visited, and three of them were on their own, and maybe only two of the guys I shook a hand of before we went into a dead period because yeah. of the COVID. Yeah, that 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 is that is wild. We'll go to Cole, one of those guys who I think just recently graduated. 
Cole, what do you want to say to what I would call is our ages, Mr. Wildcat, and that's Taylor Bratt. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to ask, as a coach, I'm sure you get to experience having um, an impact on these young kids that are coming in. But out of, you know, this group of younger guys and underclassmen, have any of these kids really had an impact on you off yeah, you know, it's craziest part about recruiting is, you know, every kid and every kid's family, and I call them kids until they graduate, and I'm probably because I consider myself still a kid, but every kid has a different story and a different process in his recruiting that you either learn something from, that it's a, kind of considered as a life lesson. I, whenever we go out with my wife, you know, we always learn things from their parents, you know, something you didn't know or something, you know, we're always trying to better ourselves as coaches, but just as people. And, I mean, every one of these kids has somewhat impacted me one way or the other, um, either with their commitment to the process, believing in something, you know, going through some adversity. You know, there's been a number of guys that have, you know, lost a family member, have um, battled an injury. And, uh, you know, the longer you're around, the more they're a part of your lives. I mean, my my uh, two oldest daughter. Well, my oldest daughter is literally in love with Malik Knowles. I have a card right here sitting at my desk. That I have to put in his locker later tonight. Um, so they all impact me. They all impact my family, and I wouldn't be doing this or be as proud as of my school as I am if if they didn't do that to, for me or to me. Definitely, great question. That that is a great one, uh, Michael. Uh, one proud proud cans into another. What do you want to ask Taylor? <laughs> well, I, I do not have an intelligent recruiting related question. I just wanted to thank him for participating in stuff like this, and I'm jealous of the shoe. <laughs> well, hey, if, uh, maybe if you shoot me your shoe size, maybe we can make some magic happen. Don't tell everybody else in the room, even though they heard. <laughs> I, 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 I won't tell anybody anything. <laughs> Ta- Taylor, no, I appreciate I, it. I appreciate it, Mike. On the shoes, how many purple shoes are you up to at this point? I think I'm honestly. Um, Probably around the 40s. I'm sure my wife knows the exact number because she hates it. Well, she didn't hate it, but she just – she doesn't get it. I have to have them. I mean, I, I told somebody the other day, you know, I officiated a wedding during COVID. And my only protocol was I had to wear purple shoes for the wedding. So – and then I was in Hank Jacobs' wedding as a groomsman who's our DFO, and his wife was like, you have to wear brown shoes. So I was like, okay. So I went and bought brown shoes at, you know, the J.C. Penney's that had the white – you know, soles around the bottom, and I painted those purple before the wedding because I was like, you know, I can't. Sorry, I mean, I'm all about it, but you know, there's there's some deals. If you're going to be this and say what you are, you know, you got to be loyal to what you do every day, and you got to be loyal to your brand, and that's just the brand that I kind of, I think, I don't know if it took over me or I took over it or what happened, but it just kind of, it just kind of happened the way it did. Oh man, I I love I love the uh, the the evolution of the purple shoes. We'll go to Joey, then Mitch, Joey, anything for the bringer of cats. Yeah. I'm curious with name, image, and likeness. What is one of the most bizarre sponsorships you've seen the guys on the team kind of embrace? You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know what all they've gotten into, but it's kind of funny. I've been getting emails from people. We're supposed to stay out of it. And I do. So just so everybody knows I stay out of it. And, uh, you know, the scooter people in town have been blowing us up about trying to get guys to, you know, offer them free rides. They get pictures on the scooters, all sorts of stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm sure what they get through text messages and calls has been pretty wild. Um, 
and and uh, what's fun, kind of funny is I think some of our guys are trying to find ways to get other guys endorsed and help too. Like, hey, if you're going to do something for me and I'm a da 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 da, well, I want to help out my O line, for example, or stuff like that. I think that's you know kind of some of the initiatives some of our guys are trying to take. All right, and then last one from the uh, oh, actually, Mitch just dropped out. If anyone has any other questions, uh, shoot in the ch- chat or try to pop up here. Taylor, the only other thing I'm going to ask you, unless someone else pops up with a question, is how hyped are these young men for this game in AT&T Stadium? I'm sure you have a handful of Cowboys fans on the roster getting to play in probably the most iconic NFL stadium in uh, the country, playing against a team like Stanford. How pumped is the team for that game? Yeah, man, they're they're so jacked for it. I mean, I think they're just jacked for fans. To Honestly, I think they're – I wouldn't say more excited for one way or the other, but, I mean, I know how pumped I am to get back here for a home game, but I know that some of these guys don't really realize how special this place is that we're going to go play at and the magnitude of the place, the magnitude of the of the uh, Jumbotron, like all the stuff, how, how many alumni we have in the Dallas area, you know. It's it's pretty cool, and I know they're jacked up to just be playing. Just And you can tell just by the way they're practicing. Awesome. All right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ask one more because I'm a liar and I always go back to the well. If you were going to tell everyone listening to this one guy, it might not be this year. Maybe it's a year down the road, but just a young guy to keep in the back of your head. So everyone could say, Hey, Taylor Bratt told me that on Bosco's boys. What's the name you would, you would tell folks to keep an eye yeah. on. I'll try to do one on each side of the ball. How about that? That works. I think you'll get more enjoyment out of that. I'll, I'll, I'll bring up DJ since we already talked about DJ. It was already asked. DJ, I think, is going to be a great player. I think Chris Tennant is going to be pretty special, too, the kicker. Um, and what a bit – and sorry, I, I don't mean to cut you off. What a big get and what a great job you and the staff did because I think some of, sometimes some of these walk-ons – like Tenet, especially on the special teams, don't get, you know, the love and the hype that, you know, Rubley did as a four-star. But here here this kid is, was the top kicking and punting prospect in his entire class, and you guys were able to keep him around. And I just want to give you guys credit for locking that one in because I think sometimes guys like that go far too under the radar, and before you know it, he's going to be winning us games like Matt McCrane did back when he was here. You know, it's so funny, you know, because I, I remember we tweeted out, bring on the cats for um, for him, and people are like, oh, God, now we're tweeting on walk-ons and all this stuff. But, you know, a walk-on kicker, that saves you out of your 85 scholarships. That saves an initial scholarship. That saves an 85 count. That's just huge because now they got to come earn it. And it's really proof in the pudding. It's like camp kids. You know, they come and they earn it. You see how face-tough they are. You see all that kind of stuff. So... I mean that one was a was a major major get and a blessing, and I can't believe how big he is. I saw him at Chipotle when we were pulling in through uh, before the summer started. And of course, we're also on mass then. And I'm standing in line. I'm looking over at him, and I'm like, "Is that?" I'm like, "No way. That's not Chris Tennant. That's not our kicker." And I'm just picking up to go. My wife pre-ordered it. I'm just and I'm staring over this kid. He's staring right at me, and I'm like, "Gosh, dog, who is that?" And uh, he comes right over. He's walking towards me. I'm like, oh, my God, how do I not know this kid? And he's got his mask on. I got my mask on. He goes, Coach, it's Chris Tennant. And I said, holy cats, why are you not playing tight end? So, uh, I mean, he looks he looks the part. And he, I love he's it. been doing great. 
I love it. And then uh, do you want to throw someone out on the defensive end? Yeah, on the defense, offense and uh, special teams. Gosh, dog, I'm trying to think. Um, I guess I can even go back to the freshman year too, can I? No, I guess. Oh yeah. Been, uh, I think Nate Matlack's done a great job. Uh, Marvin Martin's done a great job. There's a there's a bunch of young guys that are getting an opportunity, and with the way Coach does it with double reps, is a huge benefit for these young cats. Well, definitely. That's all I have, and I, I think we're going to call it a night on the show. Uh, since we didn't get through all the uh, Big 12 overs and unders, everyone keep an eye out on uh, Twitter over noon. We might be rocking a daytime show either uh, tomorrow or Friday. Um, so, so we might come back to this. I want to thank Taylor for coming on. I want to thank everyone for asking the questions. Um, and, again, we usually award an MVP to say whatever they want at the end of the show. But I want to just give Taylor Bratt, Taylor, bringer of cats, Here's your platform. Tell all the boneheads and any fans listening anything you'd like to. Yeah, man, I'm excited for this uh, new group of young cats, uh, Ace and Connor, and their podcast. It was kind of fun listening uh, to those guys meet with you. Uh, we're excited about the season. Every coach, every player uh, is excited for this opportunity to come out and get this place back to where it needs to be and where I want it to be, where we all want it to be. And, um, you know, keep doing what you guys do on social media. We appreciate it. And uh, let's let's keep going. Go Cats, baby. There it is. We love you guys. Blitz me. Uh, month continues on. We're going live with one show every weekday leading up to that big game in Arlington. Thank you to everyone coming out. Thank you to Taylor Braff for coming in. Thank you to my co-host, Grant, who I couldn't do this without. I love you, Grant. I'm sorry I made you mad. I sh- I'm a dick. You're the best, Grant. Everyone here loves you. Um, and, yeah, thank you to everyone. <laughs> Meet, meet Grant at the cat head because he's the best. I would say tell everyone you love them, except for Oklahoma and Texas fans. And like I said, Farmageddon freezes off. Fuck the Iowa State Cyclones as well. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you back here live every Wednesday at 7 p.m.
Social Podcast Network.